I'd like to thank Aaron K for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnewest.substack.com. Okay, we're going to start off by just doing a little bit of a postscript from yesterday on Mishle 23, 1-3. I'm not going to read through all the questions again, but this is a, when you sit to eat with a ruler, you should surely understand who or what is before you. You should place a knife uh, in your throat or to your throat if you are a master of your soul, uh, which it seems like most of the Mepharshim we did uh, either said if you are a Baltiva or if you are someone who cares about your perfection. Right? Those are the two main things. Uh, do not lust for his delicacies. Uh, it is false food or inconsistent food, inconstant food. Okay, so we wanted to do today the, uh, we, we saw a uh, Mi'iri Derek Nister, which uh, looked intriguing. So uh, he said, oh, do you want packets or should I just use the screen? I'll just use the screen. Are you talking about that? Okay. Um, okay, so uh, he says on the page, Tough Reish Mem Zion, uh, left column, so Hazal in Hulin Davav Amud Aleph explained this B'Talmid Hayoshev Livnei Rabo with the Talmud who sits in front of his Rav V'Lilchom and uh, which we translated as to eat bread K'mo L'Chu Lachamu V'Lachami it is like in Perak Tes Pasuk Hey which is when you come to eat my bread I think that's what it is Klomar Shekeshetejev when you come to learn in front of a chacham, understand very well what is before you. If you recognize that he is able to answer, then you should ask him. But if not, uh, do not embarrass him. Place a knife at your gullet. You should uh, fence yourself in, uh, fence in your mouth to not ask from him uh, and embarrass him. Vim, we'll read, we'll read the whole thing and we'll go back and understand. Vim bal nefeshata, and if you are a bal nefesh, klomar im ata bal midos. Oh, that's a different interpretation. If you are a person who has midos, mikomachem al tisav lemata mosav. Do not uh, lust for his delicacies. Vlechem kazavimu. Now this is going to be weird. How's he going to translate that? If it's a chacham, right? Achar sheino maspik lecha. Since it is not sufficient for you. Ella hishtado lifroshmineno. Rather, you should strive to separate from him. Eh? Like, is this something from the Chacham who can't answer the questions you want? Maybe the questions that, that can't be answered, or that he isn't answered. You're saying separate from the from the questions. From the questions. I mean, that would make sense if the food in the mushal is the Chachma that you're dealing with. But mimenu is from him. I'm just trying to see if I can read it in a way that is, uh, I'm not sure what that means. And what does that have to do with Midos? Because it's not sufficient for you. Not sure what he means there. Let's go on and just see. I don't know if this Onafarish, I don't think this Onafarish is a completely separate interpretation. Uh, or we'll explain, if you are a Bal Nefesh, Im Al Tisav. Uh, that might be going back on do not desire. I thought that's what it was going back. Oh, okay, sorry. The first in Balmanapajata means that if you are a Balmidos, then you should not ask him questions to embarrass him. Okay. And then he and they saying the Altisav Mat Mosav, 
is a separate thing, which I still don't understand. Or you can explain that Im Bal Atta is going on uh, don't desire his delicacies. If you see, if you see in yourself that you are a Bal Nefesh Yesera, that's not like the Shabbos Nefesh Yesera, uh, someone who is a, uh, has a, a higher level or a prominent soul, and that Chacham is not going to provide you with your needs and your learning, then do not desire Ella Paroshmi Hemano, separate from him. Interesting. I mean, I'm just. Who is he talking? Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the audience is a little hard to understand. I mean, what I would say is like this: is if you're going to learn from a chacham, okay, and you see that he can't answer your questions, um, then there are two things that you should do: is from a mito standpoint, you shouldn't embarrass him, and from your own learning um, standpoint then this might not be the best person to learn from if he can't answer your question. Like if you're asking questions that he can't answer, then maybe you should get yourself another rub. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the inconsistent is that he is inconsistent at sustaining you in your learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that might be better. And by the way, um, I'm doing bad, bad methodology here, which is that we did not read the Miri on the Derek Nigla. So it's possible he spelled out translations of words that we're not really... Uh, Realizing, yeah. I don't think we did. We did the Sadiqan Rabbeinu Yona. Um, yeah. So th- this is kind of reminds me of uh, I- I've quoted this before, but what uh, Rabbi Moskowitz um, when P- you know uh, talked about the problem of when you're starting out and learning, how do you know which uh, teacher to go to? Because you know, if you knew how to learn, you'd be able to evaluate whether the teacher is uh, is good to learn from. <laughs> you know, what? Yeah, I know. We did that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're doing. Uh, let me just make this point, okay? Um, so, Ramoskos um, uh, asked the question of like, how do you know who to learn from if you don't if you're just starting out and learning, you know? Um, uh, because you know, like, let's say it's, it's some it's technical area, especially like Gemara, right? How do you know if your Gemara rebbe is good if you've never learned Gemara before? So he said, you know, find the rav who consistently answers your questions to the satisfaction of your mind. And that's the best criteria you have going for you. Like, that's all you can do. Because at the end of the day, you, you have to rely on your own mind, you know? So um, so it could be, the reason why I'm bringing this in is it could be that this Rav maybe does have a lot to offer you, but at the end of the day, this is a learning relationship. And if you're if you're not getting your questions answered by him, then it's not going to advance your development in, uh, you know, uh, in, 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 you know, to the, in the best way. Um and he's not saying like leave him in the dust. He's saying like he's just not a good match for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not. Yeah, this is not necessarily even a reflection on him. Right. But it's not a reflection on the the, the matchup. Okay. Next, v'chin yesh lefarshal amalas harav. So too, you can say that this is. You can explain it that this is about the rav. Bin tavin. So this is a new new interpretation, but still in the same uh, framework. Bin tavin asasher Um Understand what is before you. Asharas kvodo. That is warning you about treating him with respect. Klomar, even though he has permitted you to sit before him, he's You should contemplate, um, or you should, you know, I don't know what the word to his bono would be here. Uh, I assume this is um, like standing up for the rough, right? Like, like he's lay shave and la mode of 
in accordance with his kavod in in uh, in fear and awe. The samta sachim below achan place a knife to your throat. Rotzlomer liskor pischei picha guard the gates of your mouth. Rock kaviat tzorach vahehreach only in accordance with what is necessary. Ukfimashehurshisa and according to what he permitted you. Apa meshehurshisa. Gedor ba'atzmacha. Even what he permits you to do, you should you should guard yourself in. Like someone who who recognizes the elevated status of a, of another. The sakin kamogeder hanasim inakotim. Sakin is a, so he's taking sakin is not a knife. Sakin also means a fence of thorns. Hmm. Okay, uh, like in the uh, in, oh I thought I was going to quote Mishlei Kinyan. Hasir masuchto. There's a puzzle Mishlei that says kimesuchas uh, kimesuchas chadek. Like it's fenced in with thorns. So um, I guess saying that. Don't desire his delicacies. Efshar lafarshel al tirae or tirae. I'm not sure. Atzmacha kamachazik atzmacha karoi lios me ofli shulchano. Do not see yourself or do not act like outwardly as someone who like uh, uh, has seized upon himself to be one of the uh, or as muhzak as someone who can eat at, the, at his shulchan. To the point where you find yourself lusting after his delicacies. Meaning to, uh, 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 yeah, okay, that's a good one, to understand the secrets of his chachma, right? The, the esoteric ideas. That is a pro- protracted uh, hope, meaning one that's not going to be fulfilled. Something that is not going to be uh, uh, forthcoming for you. Okay, or you can say milchama uh, is to do war when you wage war with your rabbi. When you go to wage war with your rav, you should understand what's before you. You should wage war with him um, in a uh, respectful manner. Um, as uh, they say in the beginning of Kedushin, um, uh, uh, the master shouldn't teach like this. Uh, and one of the uh, the gedolim, I guess, uh, in the Talmudim said to him, "Shinana, sharp one." I think that's like a critical term. Lo Don't talk to your dad like that. Vachin who the samta sakin below acha. So to place a ne- uh, knife to your neck. Klomar shetasim geder b'diborach. So he's saying, he, I think he's going with this idea that sakin is a fence. Place a fence to your 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 mouth, meaning your speech. Who actually inyan ba'asu siag Torah? That's the same idea as a siag Torah, making a fence for Torah. Moshe biarti b'mukomos b'masachas avos. Al tisav l'matamosav. Don't desire his delicacies. Klomar al tefute lahakel b'kavodo l'sibas matame devarav. Do not be tricked into taking light his kavod into like making light of his kavod because of the delicacies of his words. Ki musaro yavi ehu lakach. His musr should bring you to such. Because he'll be punished about this. Okay, what I want to do, okay, this is like the Me'iri, like, you know, sometimes the Me'iri has like, it's definitely this, and this is how you should explain it, but sometimes it's like, it could be this or this or this or this. When he does that, uh, I feel like the main thing is to get, like, what's the what's the main approach that he's saying here, you know? And there's a lot that's going on. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing is, um, there's ways that a, a Talmud could slip up in Kavod Rav. Yeah. And it's saying you got to be extremely careful. With yeah. It. Right. And what does it stem from? Because I, I think we can connect this to the approaches that we've. Uh, um, oh, no, we can't. <laughs> it doesn't connect to the approaches we did yesterday. What, what do you think is the cause of this? He's kind of like alluding to it a little bit. Like comfort or familiarity. Yeah. 
Because the thing is, 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 is it's a relationship. There is a certain freedom in the relationship in terms of asking and answering, you know, like it's not us or to, you know, like, it's not like, like, okay, in, in, in other societies, then the relationship between a student and a teacher is one of extreme deference to the point where like, it's a purely like passive role where you don't question anything. You don't argue, you don't challenge, you know, that's clearly not Judaism's thing. Like Judaism does permit you to, to, to engage in war with your Rebbe. Right. Um, However, you know, the emotions don't distinguish between quantities. Right. So like, it's very easy to, to, to go overboard uh, either in the way you ask or what you ask or, uh, or the language, you know, and, uh, and he's saying that you have to like, like set up, active fences to prevent yourself from straying into that territory. Uh, an, exa- an amusing example of this is um, it, with both Rebbe and Rabbi Moskowitz, uh, you know, if you listen to the early TTL Sheeran, you know, with the guys who had Rebbe as a high school Rebbe or as a camp counselor. So the way that they talk to him is, uh, is very, very different than the way that people talk to him now, you know, or people talk to him in later years. Um, you know, my favorite example of this is like, uh, is, uh, you know, if you ever have the opportunity to see uh, Rabbi Fox, you know, my uh, principal of MYHS, uh, I guess, you, I guess Rabbi doesn't, is not going to be giving public share, you know, but um, if you've ever seen him talk, uh, you know, in Rabbi share, it's like jaw dropping how overly familiar uh, he is with the, uh, with like, uh, like I remember the, the big example of this was like, uh, Rabbi gave a svara. And I think Ray Fox is like, <laughs> oh, that's cute, <laughs> you know. And like, and similarly, when Ryan Moskowitz used to come to YBT, then all of his, all of the guys in YBT would relate to Ryan Moskowitz as like one of the Godole YBT, which he is. But all of the people from Seattle relate to him as a high school rebbe. So the standards were very, very different, you know, of the two. And like, it could come across as disrespectful. And I think the reason why I'm giving these two examples is because. I'm not saying that Ray Fox was doing anything wrong. I'm saying that you should be cognizant of how people will view your Rebbe Talmud, uh, uh, you know, uh, interactions because Kavod HaRav is not just for you. It's for the Rav and it's for the standing of the Rav in that Kafma society. You know, um, another example of this is, and I, I was thinking about this once Rabbi Gober came to teach here. Um, <laughs> there's a cassette tape I have somewhere of Everyone in Sheer standing and Rabbi Gilbert in the corner, and everyone's yelling at him, at, screaming at the top of, of, of their lungs, and he's screaming at them at the top of his lungs. And it was just like this. And this is my first year in Yeshiva, and I was like, wow, this is different, <laughs> you know? And like, because back then he wasn't Rabbi Gilbert, he was just like one of the older older guys, you know? You know the video of that? No, it, 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 was a, uh, it was a cassette tape somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe an MP3 CD, but uh, <laughs> I had to find it because it was like, like, it was, you know, I was like, like, I noticed, like, even I noticed that maybe this is crossing a line, <laughs> you know, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, so, so it, it's the point I'm making is that uh, it is a delicate balance that on the one hand, okay, let me, let me, let me uh, approach this in another way to get an idea. Yeah. Yeah. He's giving a bar here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, not in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, you know, the people wonder what, this is a whole separate subject. I'm just bringing it into this. People wonder why. You know, in the Masorah, there's a rich history of insulting uh, a Bali Masorah of insulting each other in very sharp language. You know, famous examples are you know the rivet against the Rambam, or like Ariel was uh, <laughs> was uh, was uh, quoting to me a Ramban, where the Ramban says about the Ibn Ezra, like 
Ibn Ezra uh, departed from his own principles and is being misnabed b'sheker. Is like like seeing false prophecies, you know, <laughs> you know. So or kim misnabed b'sheker, you know. So so the question is like, why do the Bali Masora engage in such uh, you know like strong language, you know? So in some cases it's polemical. Like the reason why the Ravid did this against the Rambam is he felt that the Rambam's aura of authority was in danger of warping uh, the Masora or warping uh, people's estimation of how to weigh him as a posik because the Rambam didn't quote any other opinions, didn't quote any sources and just laid down the law. And the Ravid Davka wanted to break his authority in the eyes of people. But the question is like in conversations, you know, Ravi wasn't talking with Ram. So in conversations, why the Chamim tell each other? So anyone have any pshitas on that? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, in the Gemara or, yeah, in the Gemara, let's say in the Gemara, right? When they record like, you know, I mean, I have a thought. Yeah, sure. But like, I mean, kind of similar to like the ones that you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but like, if they're quoting something that they know is wrong, mm-hmm. uh, they know they don't like. Yeah. Then they know that if they're not like staunchly against it, yeah. people are going to read the Gemara and be like, "Oh, well, you kind of go either one." Right. So that's that's for other people. That's for polemics, right? Yeah. So, so, and and that's totally a correct answer. Like, you can definitely say that, right? But like, you know, and maybe maybe my premise is false. But I get the impression that like. You know, it seems like they were having these um, these insults and stuff, even when it wasn't for the sake of the audience. You know, yeah. so yeah. Um, I think it's because if you have a certain type of relationship, then that isn't a violation of covenant. Um, okay, that definitely could be the case, right? That that uh, that yeah, and that's what he's saying that there is you know there is a certain permission that the Rav grants his Talmudim to talk in certain ways. So I have a different theory though about why it. Like, okay, whatever. This is my own theory. I don't have any evidence for this. Okay, that um, that you know, we talk about the milchamta shel Torah, which is that all of your energy is investigated, investigated, invested in. Um, uh, <laughs> includes, yeah. <laughs> all your energy is invested in uh, in seeking truth. Okay, and when I say all your energy, it's not just an intellectual thing. It's your whole psyche. Okay. And there needs, there's a danger that if you hold back too much, so then you're not going to be fully investing all your energy in that. And so there's going to be a certain thing where like, like you need to like let loose and fully like be able to say to your Chavrusa, like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard, you know, like, (laughs) you know, and again, it it has to be in a way that is conducive to learning. Like if not, if both of you are not on the same page, then that's going to be disruptive, right? If one, if a person's going to be insulted by it, but like, you know, uh, that, um, like, like when I remember Rebbe told me in my first year of yeshiva, he said, when it comes to learning, then politeness is nothing but superficial nonsense. That was the line. Uh, and again, he doesn't mean in terms of like, like, uh, again, if both of you are on the same page, you know, and, and he's not talking about, you know, so in the actual pure act of learning, like there's another Gemara that says when a Rav and a Talmud sit to learn, they're like Oyvin or Sonin Zezes, like they're, they're enemies. But when they leave then they're like, oh, you know, then they're like friends. So it means that you need to be able to unleash all of your, your psychological energy into the learning process and to defend your truth, you know, again, with intellectual honesty and with humility to back down when you're wrong, so because you're letting loose all of these forces, there is a danger that you're going to breach Kavod Harav, you know, and it's a delicate, delicate balance. You know, if it's your Javier, that's one thing. I mean, you should, Kavod Havarecha should be uh, also a thing. But like, you know, I, I'm not giving a formula for how to make these uh, um, calculations, but like it, there are there are 
there, there's a delicate balancing act of forces here uh, that that like you know you can't ignore one of the categories. Otherwise, you'll if you if you make it too if you're too differential differential you will not seek truth like you're supposed to. You know, and that's the problem of it's it's in a Baishan Lomid in disguise. You know, really it's Baishanus, you know, and you're not asking questions that you should ask, but it's disguised itself as Kabatarav. And if you go all in on like the uh the cutthroat like uh, attacks, you're gonna be uh endangering your relationship with the Rav and the societal impact of uh you know your the societal uh, uh esteem that the Rav is held in, you know. So there's probably more to get here, but I think that was it's interesting, uh, interesting. So yeah. Okay, let's stop that, and then we'll do Q and A. Uh, and this is a question on that or a Q and A question. Okay, so let me stop this, and I will. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com/rabbishneweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle/slash/chase-quickpay and PayPal are matchneeweiss@gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishneewise at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.